Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. Welcome to today's episode where Shaylee introduces us to her new donkey and her new mare, and we get to hear the ever so serendipitous story about how they came to be in her family. We chat about good old foreboding joy again, and a little bit of comparison, a little bit of the fear of overshadowing others while simultaneously trying to celebrate where we're at and really embodying the power that we have and a whole lot of other stuff as always. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. If you missed last week's episode, we released um, our guest podcast with Celeste Lazarus and it was a super thought provoking conversation, really good stuff. So if that sounds good to you, head over there and listen to it. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, but I do want to start out with telling you guys that my horse search journey is over and you might know that because if you follow me on social media, but if you don't, here's what happened. Here's how it ended. Um, so firstly, I committed to this little filly that I saw right away on Facebook. Like I saw her picture, loved her. She was in a blue halter, which was like a symbol for me. Bought her off of a picture, didn't even wait to see the video and just like full send, full committed for whatever reason. And then the next day, you guys, a fucking donkey showed up on my property and I'm not talking about a scraggly, no offense to the scraggly ones, but not talking about a scraggly, like not put together donkey. This is like a beautiful show worthy, like <laughs> top of the line donkey <laughs> you know how there's like some horses that like people will be like what is that horse is that a warm blood and they're like oh no it's a thoroughbred people are like is that a mule I'm like no he's a donkey but I know he's beautiful so anyway <laughs> long story short um I kept him we found out where he lived which was like a couple farms over and they um he was an Amish donkey and his friend died that he had been with for however long and they weren't going to get him a new one. And they were taking him to sell him the very next day. And he jumped the paddock and came to my house. And I told my husband that, well, for one, let me just say that Amber was like really telling me that I had to keep him. Like she was like, if you don't keep this donkey, <laughs> So like, she was like, I would be so heartbroken if he made his way all the way to you and then you were like, peace, <laughs> poor guy. Well, and I immediately wanted him. Like, as soon as I saw him, he was like so feral, like wouldn't let me catch him or anything. And then before I knew it, I was like haltering him and I brought him into the barn. He was like terrified. I'd never been into a barn before. Had him like freaking clicker trained in like 20 minutes. I was like, oh my God, I love him. Um, and so I told my husband that I would ask the people where he was going in a very polite way. And if I didn't like where it was going to be, I would like be like, Hey, can I take him from you? 
And so they came with their trailer. And immediately when I saw the trailer, I was like, no, no, no. And they like backed it up to the fence and they got out and they were like, so sorry, the donkey came. And I was like, I love him. Can I keep him? (laughs) And they were like, oh yeah, that'll save us. Like a lot of, um, that'll save us a lot of issues. Like he was not going to get on the trailer easily. And if you like him, like you go ahead and keep him. And he called the woman, I get, there was like a woman who was potentially going to take him or something. And he called her like right then and there and was like, yep, he's yours. And when the people, and I was like, okay, don't be offended by this, but I already wrote up a bill of sale. Like, can you just sign the bill of sale? <laughs> and I was going to offer him a dollar, you know, like, let me buy him for a dollar so that I can have like a bill of sale. And he's like, keep your money. I'll sign the bill of sale, like whatever, like just wanted to get rid of him. Um, and when they left, my husband literally looked at me and was like, I don't think I heard you ask a single question about where he was going before you said you wanted to keep him. <laughs> but there's a joke within our friend circle, AKA me and Amber, that he's my husband's donkey because he totally is like when I'm out in the barn in the morning and like, he comes to say goodbye to me. He never says anything to the horses. He's like, bye, I'll be home at whatever time. No, now it's like, all right, bye, I'll be home. Later, donkey, later, dude. Like, he's, like, constantly, like, petting him, telling him he's a good dude. And, like, it's been a whole journey already with the donkey that I will probably talk about in the next episodes. But anyway, that's how it ended. I have this filly that's being completely and utterly overshadowed by my love for this donkey, which is fine. She seems okay just, like, living out her life. She's only three. So my plan is to just like let her live her life for however long she wants. And I'll just continue being obsessed with the donkey. So that's how it ended. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't didn't even say her name, which I think is like a really good part. Did you say her name? I don't feel like you did. No, I didn't. You're right. This goes back to like my foreboding joy, right? Where I'm like, okay, so now I have this horse that is going to be like my next sound I don't even want to start saying it because I have this next horse that I'm gonna love no matter what um (laughs) and her name is knowing you like that's her jockey club name knowing which is super (laughs) awesome ended up um calling her fern well I was gonna call her fig newton and Justin hated it he hated fig um so now she's fern the fig newton but yeah her her jockey club (laughs) name super fucking cool because obviously bro sent her and my past animals sent her And what's so interesting about the donkey story too, is the very first like little love of my life dog that was like a little brindle thing. Her name was dog. And I didn't want to name her because I didn't want to keep her. I was like, no, I'm not going to fall in love with her. And she got used to dog and she ended up being my little best friend. She showed up on my doorstep one day and was the same exact color as my cat who showed up on our driveway and followed us home years later who is the same exact color as my donkey, who now, like, you know, after my cat passed away, the donkey shows up, they're all this, like, brown, brindly color, and they all say, I've traveled so long to find you. That's, like, what they tell me, and it's wild. The donkey was literally, like, I have to say, I traveled so long to find you, and I'm, like, (laughs) wow, wild. (laughs) So funny. So cute. Yeah. I think, um, it's interesting the whole foreboding joy thing and like the the downplaying um it kind of feels like somehow they're connected the foreboding joy finding happiness and stuff because then you're like finding happiness and finding the things that you like 
like about yourself and the things that people say are like valuable about you or like how you are in service and how people appreciate you. And um, I think about this because when I was at the clinic, actually before the clinic, I had a theta session last week with Rochelle who we're going to have come on as a guest um, this month in the, in the membership. Um, and I had a session with her and the big part for me was I was still holding on to guilt. And then also there was something a, around fully embodying my whatever I have, right? Like in my head, I was like, mm, I don't know, like, you're so good at the medical intuitive stuff. It's like so fast and easy. And like Shaylee's so good at the communication stuff. And I was like, and I just like, haven't found my thing yet. And she's like, you have found your thing. She's like, <laughs> you're doing your thing. And I think you just don't know it yet. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know what that is. And it was around like hiding myself from myself or something. Um, and I don't feel like I do that when I'm in sessions with people or when, I, when I'm like teaching or when I'm in a clinic, like it doesn't happen because then I'm just in a like a flow and I'm doing the things, but on the outside of it. And then a lot of it stemmed with not wanting to overshadow or not wanting to seem like I thought I was better than anyone because celebrating how much work I freaking put in. First of all, it's not like I woke up and was like, oh, I can do this thing like the amount of shit that I had to go through to even like, and I think that's everyone's story that's doing some type of work in service. It's like, you're not just showing up one day and signing up and being like, this is what I do. It's like, you have to go through the, like all the things <laughs> to get to the point where you understand it and can then like teach it and share it and hold space for people going through it. And I think a big thing that was coming up in our vision quest or 21 vision quest that we're doing in the membership is that's what a lot of people are saying, especially today um, around there's things I appreciate about myself, but I don't want to come off as like I'm egotistical or better than myself or, and the importance of having people around you that will celebrate with you and like remind mm -hmm. you instead of being threatened by it is like, I think the most important thing when you're going through this these phases um because what she had said was that she's like I almost see Shaylee like come on come on and I'm like no no like you're the talented one that does all the things like I'm just here like you know setting up the <laughs> setting up the, with the ideas and then setting things up and like the like the man behind the curtain and she's like you just have to just your mind and then so she shifted things around like Rochelle does and then I felt better but I thought it was funny this morning in that post that you had shared about the drawing which I still have not done in the vision quest was the first thing that you did was compare your meditation to mine right and I was like there it is yeah. we're all freaking doing it like we all need to <laughs> stop but it the virtues which is the other thing that we had done in the vision quest sorry I'm so obsessed with vision quest is being able to go, wait a minute, what is that though? And it's like celebrating the fact that we're like empathetic and we don't want to hurt anyone um, and that we're compassionate, empathetic, but also humble because being able to stand in your power and hold space for people and simultaneously be humble, I think is something that 
we need to identify as a what I think people should sort of strive for but that that's like exactly where you actually want to be you don't want to be too far swung in, uh, in any direction and as important as it is to have people that will mirror back to you your gifts and your strengths it's equally as important for someone to be like hey cocky pants <laughs> maybe rain yeah. it maybe rain it in a little bit but you have to have the right people doing that because there are people that are doing it because they love you and they're like mm, that might have been like too far in one direction versus the people that are just threatened by you and trying to break you down because you're in your power and because you're in it so um so yeah that was my little rambling about what came up this morning when I was looking at everyone's comments and stuff around the vision quest and um how we so do that and just always goes back to like comparison and all the things I know which is so like funny because that's what happened in our elements of connection thing was there was like this big comparison piece comparison comparing (laughs) our experience with other people's experiences or like what we used to be able to do versus what we can do now and our bodies or whatever um And actually in one of my sessions with Rochelle, that was exactly, we worked on like, um, humility. Like one of my virtues was like humility and humble because I have this fear of like, yeah, like being egotistical. And what I said as part of like our drawing exercise this morning is I was like, I didn't want to post this because like, I spent a lot of time doing it. I was like, Oh, I'm going to draw figure and then I actually like really enjoyed drawing it so I like shaded it in and like did all this stuff and I was like oh god I'm like worried that if I post it like I, I don't know like I don't I have like underlying like if I truly shine bright or try really hard at something or succeed at something it will dim someone else's light like I don't want to overshadow anybody and if you guys listen to our conversation that we had with Denise I, that was one of my questions too I was like if I do the theta work, like, is that going to overshadow Amber? Like I have this fear of like, I don't want to be like overpowering or overshadowing, but if we think about it and what I'm trying to learn is that everybody has their own gifts and their own things that they excel at. And you can never overshadow somebody else based on what you have to offer because you're offering something different. Um, like no one's ever going to be you. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of funny to me that you feel like you haven't found your thing because we do like the like Amber does these meditations and she will literally like the other day we were on our group call and like two minutes before we got on the call I was like look I'm frazzled I'm gonna need you to guide us through a meditation I need an experience right now and she literally just like pulled this she was like frantically searching for the music finally found this song that worked and pulled like this whole experience out of her ass and like <laughs> through this like perfect beautiful thing I was so peaceful afterwards I was like that is so amazing and then you have like she had this other meditation where she like walks you into your future self and it was like so I literally bawled my eyes out and like everyone on our 21 day vision quest like bawled their eyes out she has this like gift and I joke around saying that I'm like the wi- I'm like I'm like the wish version or like the discount version of Amber's meditations because like I'm like hello close your eyes take a deep breath you're welcome <laughs> like, that's it I'm like I don't know where to go from here <laughs> though you definitely have your thing I think it's just so like it's so natural to you to do it that it doesn't feel like your thing and that's kind of what 
kind of stood in my way of myself in communication too, is that I was never really truly proud of what I did. And I think part of it um, was because it was kind of natural to me. So I was like, well, this can't be it. Like I should have to work harder for this. I should have to like do something different in order to know the thunder is here. So what I was trying to say is that I never fully like accepted or embodied, appreciated, valued my gifts because I felt like it should be something that I like, I just felt like I was always in the developing stage where like, oh yeah, well, once I get better at this, then I'll truly appreciate what I have. And maybe if I practice more, then I'll truly appreciate this. So I think we all kind of go through that when we have something that we offer, like a friend of mine is really um, struggling in her job right now. And she's like, if I just get this sale, then I'll be proud of myself. Or if I just do like meet this quota or whatever, we all have that thing that we're like striving for. It feels like some version of perfectionism. And it's like, once it's perfect, then, you know, I can do the thing. Well, why? And then you go deeper. Like, why is that a thing? Well, because there's usually a level of, well, if it's perfect, which is not a thing, if it's perfect, then I can't be judged. Or, you know what I mean? It's less likely I'll be rejected for what I'm doing or saying or whatever, whether that's from this lifetime or old lifetimes. Um, so it feels like it all kind of smashes together a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And just like, feeling like we care, right? Like we want to do a good job. We really, really care about what we do. We want people to have like a good experience. And um, I think that comes or that kind of ties into like knowing, I was going to say knowing your worth. I don't know if that's the right word, but like knowing the value of what you have to offer and like the value of who you are, because for the longest time I was kind of like, I have to share my energy with anyone and everyone because I just feel like everyone should be entitled to it. Like I just didn't have boundaries. I didn't have a lot of value. And now I'm kind of like, it's not egotistical of me to protect my energy and to pick and choose. People do it all the time. Horses do it all the time. And I think it's kind of funny that we celebrate the little things, the little steps. We're really clear with boundaries with our horses. And then we like, don't give that to ourselves. Yeah. And I think because in particular, what we do is we're really in the work of empowering people. You know what I mean? So both of us are aligned in the way where we don't want people to think it's us doing it. You know what I mean? It's like with your communication courses and then like with the work that I do, it's like, we want you to know that you can do all the things. So of course we get all the lessons so that we know how to help you because we've been in the shit too. <laughs> so it's, it was interesting. I was listening to one of my coaches and he was talking about how um, someone had signed up and they, with this other guy who's like this big, amazing guy. And he was in California for like two weeks. And the guy said, my son is addicted to sugar. He's going to be, he's diabetic now. It's like a whole thing. I need your help. And the guy said, okay, we'll come back in two weeks. And he was like, come back in two weeks. He's like, fine whatevs like I really want you to see my kid he come comes back in two weeks and the guy says stop eating sugar and the dad is like stop eating sugar like that's your advice like that's how you're going to help him heal from this and he goes yeah and he's like why did it take you two weeks to like come up with that and he said because I was eating sugar and I stopped for two weeks and so <laughs> Now, I can't tell someone to do something that I haven't done 
or haven't been through. <laughs> and I was like, while I don't think that that's necessarily like the end all be all, the message behind it was interesting because when you do talk about, I feel like every time I've ever set up a course or was going to do a clinic and there was a specific intention, like I always got the lesson hardcore before it. And so mm-hmm. now I feel like I'm just prepared <laughs> for that. And like, okay, like we're going to, you know, do this vision quest thing and I know all this stuff's going to come up and, you know, um, even with the elements of connection that's coming up and it's just always like you get those major lessons. And I think that's one of the agreements that our souls make <laughs> before we come here to do work like this, where we're like, okay, we're signing up for this. So I'm not going to be a victim of any of it. I'm going to go, yeah, I chose this and there's something in it for me. And I just can't get too far off into the shit. I have to figure out what it is and then move forward and share it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like I'm in the middle of like one of those deep lessons right now by getting Fern because I have always wanted geldings. I love my geldings. I've been like adverse to having a mare for whatever reason, never had one. Um, and it's so funny because I, I was telling Amber, like right after I got her, I was like, I think there's some like feminine wound in me that needs to be healed because I'm so adverse to having this mare. And uh, when I was like on my horse search, like all these mares popped up and I was like, oh my gosh, like they're all so nice, but no, no, they have a vagina. No, no, no. And I don't even know why, because it's not like I, I mean, I love my client mares. My sister-in-law has mares. Like you have a mare that's super cool. So I don't know what it was in me, but when I saw her, I was like, I have to have her. And I never even thought twice that she was a mare. I saw her name. I saw who she was. And I was just like, yep, bought her like literally 10 minutes later, like figured out where to send the money and bought her. And I feel like there's like, um, this like feminine, because I talked to so many of my clients about how their masculine is like overcrowding their feminine and how they're not letting their feminine shine. And I can sort of be that way. I think by like me saying I'm non-emotional or whatever, but what really came up for me today was when we were talking about my skin again. And I know I've talked about this in past podcasts because I'm literally obsessed with like acne and it's been this way for so long. And like, if I get one little bump on my skin, I'm like, I'm hideous. I hate myself. It's so bad. And like, it's like this hole I have to freaking crawl out of. And every person is like, you have such nice skin. I never see that on you. And it like angers me. I'm like, how do you not fucking see this? Like, I get so angry. I'm like, what the fuck? And you're Validate like, you me. Don't- look how troll I can ogre as I am. <laughs> Tell me I'm damaged. <laughs> oh, it's like this wound. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. But like today you were like, nah, I don't, I'm questioning if you even have it. And I was like, bitch, I have it. Okay. Like, don't even tell me. And you were like, I think this is like a body image thing that you have to get over. And immediately what I thought to with that, for whatever reason is I get this bear and every single person that saw her bloodline was like, oh my gosh, you're going to end up breeding her later. She has like impeccable breeding. She's super nice. Everyone was like her confirmation. Like I got her because of her energy and every single person that I sent her to was like, look at her body. Look at how beautiful she is. Like talking about like how she looks. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like that's cool. And then I turned her out with the boys and yesterday Justin like looked at her and was like, what happened to her? Like I've had her for like, what, like a week and a half now. She's so she's ribby. Cause she's losing like her, she's three years old. So her body is still growing and changing. 
but she's losing all of her race muscle. She's in raging heat because I threw her out with like a newly gelded donkey. Well, he's on the other side of the fence, but like newly gelded donkey and freaking three boys. So four boys and her whole body is changing. And like, he looked at her the other day and was like, dude, she's so scarred up. Like what is going on with her? And I'm like, I know that perfect little body that everyone's saying, like, it's all scarred up now, but she's still beautiful. And I'm like, I feel like this is like a total part of what she came to teach me. Like the lesson is in full force. Now she's got a fat little leg, a fat little ankle, like And I'm just like, nope, I'm not looking at any of it. Like, but so I still haven't really figured out the lesson. All I know is that that horse that everyone was saying is super beautiful. She's getting all haggard right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so interesting. All of the things, the lessons, all the damn lessons that these horses bring. I feel like a lot of the people that I worked with last weekend, I was up at doing a clinic. And it was so much about um, just worthiness to request the things that you want or deserve. And it just tied into asking things of their horse even, you know what I mean? And then a lot of it was, it was, it actually, when you tracked it back far enough, there were a couple body image things. Like there was like a shrinking down and like, you know, so when I hand people, I do stuff in the round pen. I call them expression sessions because I don't want people to think that I'm like round penning horses to teach them something. It's literally so I can identify how the horse is feeling about stuff, how the human is feeling and stuff. And the first thing that I'll notice is how people take the whip and I have them whip the ground. And some people would hold the string, you know what I mean? The long string and they would whip with just it really close to their arms. Some people were just like, like raging. Um, but it was so interesting because when I asked like the people that were holding the string, it was like, well, I don't want to take up too much space, I guess. Damn it. You know, and like immediately, you know, exactly <laughs> like all from just, you know, holding the web and me just like looking at the, but looking at the body language, but a lot of it was like, let me shrink down and ask the horse to move forward. And the horses are like, so unbothered. They're like, nope. <laughs> it's like they get <laughs> sessions and they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and if you, you, we would trace it back. And a lot of it was, um, because people always hated the pretty girl in school or you know what I mean like it's almost like our culture it's like you strive to be like the prettiest or the best like you're told that's what you're supposed to do and then if you realize like maybe I'm not going to be hitting those metrics (laughs) then you go into all just hide so at least I'm not being outwardly like rejected it's so interesting um because then most people are jealous or you know around that person that they think has everything you know, growing up. And so you don't really, it's such a conflicting thing. Like you don't want to be either one. So no wonder we're all like out of whack. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I guess it's that way with riding too. Like there's a certain way that you should do it or like how you should sit or like, I don't know, always striving to, especially with the competition world, like we're um, always striving to get to a certain point or to be better. So yeah, that's super interesting. And it's so funny because I do find myself like, so not to go back to the mayor, but also going back to her that 
I see her like all messed up, right? Like, well, I shouldn't say messed up. She's not, she's not that bad, you guys. Okay. I'm not like throwing her to the wolves and she's not like bleeding. She's just got little scuffs. She looks like a gray horse. You know how gray horses get, they just somehow attract things scraping their skin and they have little scars all over it. That's like how she looks right now. But it's funny because I brought her in the other day and she had like a fat leg and I was like immediately like, oh, like I've been trying not to look for anything wrong with her because obviously I want her to be like my next riding horse and stuff. And so I'm trying to just like see that like future self I want to have with her. And when I saw that leg immediately, I was like, yep, this is what happens. You get too excited about a horse and this is don't get attached because whatever you get attached to or excited about goes away and there's some sort of loss or some sort of heartbreak. And I immediately went to that and had to like slap myself and be like, horses get fat legs all the time, dude. Like you ran into the side of your table the other day and you have a fat leg right now. Like calm down. It's so funny how quickly like you can move into that space of whatever your momentum is like highest. And I had to like snap myself out of it and be like, you're giving her a year off anyway. Like, what are you even doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about Clover. She has a fat leg every day. I won't go out there. So I'm like, oh, fat leg? <laughs> Throw him out into the pasture. I'll walk it off. <laughs> she's not lame. I don't want people to think that I'm just like chucking my lame horse out with her big swollen leg. She's not, just gets stocked up on that side. Mostly because she like rage kicks every morning at <laughs> flirt. But yeah, so, yeah, the horses and their, their dang lessons. But, but I guess it's all good, right? You get, you get faster at catching yourself and then you can hold space for other people. It's fantastic. Yeah. Take the ride. All right. Well, how does that feel? Pretty good. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> I would um, invite you guys that are listening to this episode to maybe identify like a little belief system you have or like a little pattern you have and it usually starts with like I am like oh my gosh I am xyz and then kind of just look at it a little bit and identify like is that something that someone told you at some point is that something that you just made an assumption and adopted as like your identity because of an experience in your past um and just kind of look at it a little bit we are what, what day are we on? Six? Day six in the 21 day vision quest? No, five. Five. Um, we did day six today. <laughs> uh, day <laughs> five in the vision quest. It's 21 days. It's, we do it online. And we basically take you through this like roadmap of the mind, body, and soul. And the mind is a little thick. Uh, it's a little intense. But as we move through the body, learning to just the first part is just like identifying these patterns and then being able to like understand them and then pull virtues from them and then moving into the body and heightening your senses and tapping into your different ways that you can get information intuitively. And then we go into the spirit part, which I'm actually really excited about that part. Cause I feel like the, the little lesson or the little activities are going to have the, the ponies involved and they're going to be like, where all the magical things happen. Not that the magic isn't happening. I never imagined how engaged and how deep things would get so quickly in there. I think we have 28 people going through it. Um, we just offered it to our members as a beta and we're 
you guys I was like I texted Shayla I was like this is definitely a thing <laughs> yeah you know like the first day I was teaching and I didn't expect to have so many people like oh my gosh this day and I I like got done with my clinic I worked from like I think I started at eight in the morning and I got done at like seven o'clock and I like got home and like lay down on the bed and I was like opened up the email and I was like <laughs> whoa whoa dude thank god Shaylee was like around because there is no way that I could have expected that or actually been able to get back to everybody if I was doing it by myself so um so it's definitely a thing and we're gonna release it to the public uh next month so we'll stick a link for the waiting list if you guys are interested in that in the show notes um, and then we, you guys will get notified when the enrollment opens um, and you can come on this little journey with us because promise we'll have testimonials of the people that went through it, but it's fairly life-changing and we haven't even really got into the, the stuff that I would consider fun. <laughs> so I don't know. You're going to want to get on the wait list. <laughs> it's quite the, quite the ride. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you guys just want to dip your toe in a little bit, you can join the membership. And um, I'll put the link in there for you for that too. So, okay. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. <laughs> See ya.